There is a, a principle outlined in constitutional law on police power, the capacity of the states to regulate behavior and enforce order within their territory, usually for the betterment of health, safety, morals, and general welfare of the inhabitants of that state. There has been numerous challenges or have been numerous challenges and Supreme Court decisions. What are the rights of citizens Uh, A hot debate now when it comes to the issues around the COVID-19 vaccinations. Recently, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall issued public guidance addressing legal questions being asked by Alabamians around COVID-19 vaccinations. Four main points, which we'll get into in a moment. States and or rather citizens of Alabama within the state worried about their legal rights. So let's address that with the Attorney General, Steve Marshall, who joins me now. Steve, good morning. I should say Mr. Attorney General. Don't want to uh, insult you in any way. When we're off air, we can call each other. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you could join us because this is a hot debate, and unfortunately it gets lost in... Uh, if you will, the argument, you referred back to SB 267, now Act 2021-493. This was passed by the legislature, as it should, signed by Governor Ivey in May. Uh, Four main points uh, that you've addressed. On state and local governments prohibited from issuing or requiring publication or sharing of vaccination records, please address that. Yeah, Willings, and I think it's important to note, this was a bill that passed unanimously in our Senate. So it was a bipartisan effort, and this was not sort of divine by typical partisan efforts. So this is one that, at least for Democrats, it's hard for them to now argue that was not something that they considered bad public policy. But Alabama has made it very clear that, number one, that as a state— uh, that, that we cannot compel individuals' vaccination status to be something that's maintained or published uh, as a matter of law, so that the state itself cannot uh, publish publicly, cannot share in any mechanism, nor issue any list to show who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. And that's been a concern for many, you know, many companies around America now engaging in this. So is there a component of this that refers to not just the state, but as maybe a model for companies that are telling employees, you know, we need to see your vaccination status? Yeah, and that goes really twofold, David. Number one, and this bill itself doesn't relate specifically to employer-employee relationships. Uh, So, for example, this bill would not define whether or not an employer could compel vaccination uh, if an employer requested it. But what it does provide, particularly with regard to private business, is it says that you cannot compel somebody to demonstrate their vaccination status as a condition of delivery of goods or services, that you cannot do the same as it even involves the ability to enter into a business facility. Uh, We've been very clear that we're going to maintain and establish the liberty interest of an individual uh, that is not subject to compelling the disclosure of your vaccination status, whether it be, again, to private businesses just to be able to buy something you want and also for the delivery of government services or entry into a government building. Yeah, and that's why I asked that question. You also uh, referenced the immunization already required for school children as the exception in in that respect. Uh, And 
to your point of this being passed unanimously and with respect to the difference between children and adults, can you clarify further why that exception exists? Yeah, on the on the education side, and this is one that this provision applies both to public and private institutions. The legislature really did not go back and revisit what was has been the historic practice of providing, you know, proof of your mump shot or whatever is the local school system requires for for somebody to be able to to come into the public schools, particularly. Um, but what the legislature did say is that that while we're not going to change what has been existing law. We're not going to allow COVID itself uh, to be categorized in the same way. And so one of the things that, that we, frankly, are now beginning to dive into are these nuanced efforts by many educational institutions to uh, either overtly or or some ways creatively uh, compel disclosure of vaccination status when that cannot be a condition of attendance in either primary, secondary, or post-secondary education. And so we continue to work through many of those questions right now, and and hopefully uh, folks understand that the rule of law matters and that when the state of Alabama has established uh, through this bill certain liberty interests for individuals, that, that we'll respect that. My guest, Attorney General of Alabama, Steve Marshall, uh, one of your other points, and you touched on this, uh, when it comes to further requirements, uh, uh, in the law, public and private uh, schools, K-12 schools and colleges, are prohibited from adding any new vaccination requirements. Uh, that is certainly something that many have been asking. I have friends and parents who have kids going to college, not just in Alabama, but around the country. So that issue uh, is being raised. Can you expand on that? Yeah. One of the things that we're we're analyzing, for example, is, you know, not just a, an outright prohibition that says if you're not vaccinated, you can't attend college, uh, but but nuanced questions relating to uh, establishing, for example, certain restrictions that may exist on somebody who doesn't provide proof of vaccination versus somebody who has been, or whether or not there can be certain fees that are associated with attendance uh, for somebody who uh, has shown no proof of vaccination versus some that have. You know, the, the reality is, and, and I think we all recognize this, is that this pandemic has created new and unique issues that we've never dealt before. But one thing that I think uh, has been a significant concern for us and others is the fact that, that COVID does not need to be an excuse to overcome uh, constitutional rights or individual liberty rights. And, and what we see the, through this bill is a very clear intention for the legislature to make sure that uh, students have an opportunity to be able to attend both primary, secondary, and post-secondary education without vaccination status being a limiter in what it is that they can do. And so we'll continue to work through that. This obviously may raise questions for our legislature to have to deal with in an upcoming session, that there are certain things that maybe no one envisioned have come to pass that, that in fact have that weren't contemplated to begin with. Um, but what I do think is, as a matter of public policy in our state, we've been very clear that we're going to support that individual choice uh, to determine whether or not a vaccine is appropriate uh, person by person and not allow for education to be conditioned on it or in the private setting, the delivery of, of uh, goods and services to individuals. My guest, Attorney General of Alabama, Steve Marshall, on the table, Act 2021-493 uh, law. It, it, I, I will say, as a non-legal expert, reading through this and 
looking at the provisions, I, I find a great deal of uh, common sense principles here, as well as constitutional. The opt-out uh, for religious or medical reasons is an important part of this. Uh, this is something, again, that is being pushed against Americans who say, I have a legitimate reason based on whether a deeply held religious belief or the right to address their individual medical situation. Yeah, and this is is clearly something that we've recognized long before COVID, is that there are two general exceptions that that both uh, have existed as a matter of policy, but, but in fact have been integrated ultimately in federal law. That, uh, that certain things can simply not be overcome. Number one, and, and I think it's that rightful choice between uh, a doctor-patient relationship for them to decide what's in the best interest of the patient before they move forward, particularly here. Obviously, there, there's much to still be considered with an emergency youth authorization and not final approval of the vaccinations and whether or not for certain individuals based upon their own personal medical history about whether or not it's appropriate. Uh, and then we need to fully recognize that religious exemption that, that has uh, been around for, for many, many years. And, and again, nothing unique about COVID itself, uh, but it's one that, that a, an individual ought to have the right to assert, and it shouldn't be any more difficult than it's ever been to be able to express that uh heartfelt basis for uh, an objection to doing certain things. A.G. Marshall, point four, and I bring this point to this, I guess, point of interest. We have seen organizations, individuals and organizations combined, shop for a case in past states in various issues. Uh, Point four that you made about this law, businesses statewide prohibited from denying service or refusing to allow entry on the basis of vaccination status or lack of vaccination documentation for any vaccination, COVID-19 or otherwise. It almost seems to be the position that some interested party organization would try to raise a legal challenge there. I think we could clearly see that, uh, you know, an individual uh, that uh, was uh, denied uh, certain aspects of the protections of this law uh, clearly had the opportunity to be able to assert their rights in court. But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the converse, and that is uh, some private institutions be able to attack uh, what the state has done here. And, and obviously, we'll be fully prepared to be able to talk about why it's within uh, the vested authority of the state of Alabama through its duly enacted legislature to be able to establish certain limits and protections of individual liberty that that should be recognized not only by government itself, but also by private institutions and private business. I want to go broader on principle. I guess we're talking a lot of technical details, but I wanted the Patriot audience, especially our listeners in Alabama, to have you, you know, here with us. And thank you for explaining the main points and the tenets of this for anyone who wants to go further. They can do as I did go and look up the law and read it. But in principle, and I go back to Jacobson versus Massachusetts, right, Supreme Court case that upheld the authority of the states to enforce compulsory vaccination laws. When I look at this, and I look at the principle outlined there in police powers, as it's more commonly called, uh, this seems to be a reasonable approach to address the issues of the citizens while not having the overarching, uh, you know, weight of government coming into, you know, homes, freedom and choice. Is, to me, this is a model for other states to follow. 
uh, one, you know, do you see this growing further with other states? Uh, more likely on the right side of the political spectrum. And what advice would you give to people out there who are hearing this and saying, I don't have this protection in my state? Yeah, I, I can tell you that I've already heard from many of my colleagues around the country about what Alabama is doing here. So to the extent that this may become a model, I think that that absolutely is the case. And, and one thing that, that clearly we can do is to be able to share uh, what our experience here has been in the implementation of this bill, because the, the reality is it's only passed I think at the end of May, and so it's only been the, the law of the land for us just in the last couple of months. So we're still, again, sort of growing with an understanding of how it can be implemented across uh, multiple spectrums. But what I do believe is it's a it's a very uh, short declarative statement uh, about the balancing of, of the interest of, of government and business. Uh, with those individual liberty interests uh, of our citizens, which I think we need to default on the issue of liberty uh, as opposed to the interest uh, of government. And so this is one I think our legislature has uh, attempted to, to balance that, but balance it effectively so it's in favor of the citizen and not uh, where somebody is compelled uh, against a, a true exercise of their own individual rights. A.G. Marshall, I'm a big fan of responsibility. And a lot of what we're talking about here requires a responsibility of the citizen. You talked about the doctor-patient relationship. I, I hardly endorse that idea and have for many years. That we have a responsibility as citizens and choices have consequences in other circumstances, if you will. What do you say to the citizens of Alabama who still have... Is, I don't know if it's a level of consternation, concern, wondering about their protections, how it will be upheld. Well, I think they can clearly understand that, that, the, that the legislature and the act signed by the governor has given them uh, very clear rights and that as, as a free member of society, they have the opportunity to be able to exercise those. And what I think the, the message has been, by and large, by the adoption of this bill is that we trust individuals to make decisions that are in their own individual best interest. And as, as you talked about earlier, you know, the, the responsibility that comes with being a member of a democratic society is simply the opportunity to make and have the freedom to be able to make those individual choices. There are risks and there are consequences as a result of the choices that we make. But yet, particularly here, when it involves a decision uh, about somebody's medical status, we want to recognize the opportunity for individuals to make those calls, hopefully in consultation with their doctor, the opportunity to be able to do their own independent research about the pluses and minuses, to evaluate the risks that are associated with choosing to have a vaccine and not choosing to have a vaccine. But what this bill makes very clear is that that individual choice should not restrict somebody's ability to be able to use businesses like others, to be able to use state services and governmental services like others, and to be able to make sure that they have access to all the things that they could previously do long before we ever knew of anything like COVID-19. My guest, Attorney General Steve Marshall from the state of Alabama. Uh, again, common sense, straightforward, protections for the citizens, and constitutional. I'm a fan of all those things. So for you in this legislature down there, kudos to you. Well done, sir. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate the time.